0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 475. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakeshraw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the latest from director Quentin Dupio with Smoking Causes Coughing, which is available now on VOD platforms. We're also going to be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list and this week's. New releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a moment, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. I think we could just uh, hop on in. Uh, now, this is—I don't know how many Dupio movies that we've reviewed on. Like, I'm pretty sure that we covered more of his movies than any other. Like every yeah. every Dupio movie that comes out since Wrong, I think pretty much. There were a couple here and there. I think we didn't, we didn't really talk about wrong cops. I think I talked about it. We didn't do a full review, but there were like a couple, maybe, maybe one or two others, but yeah, for the most part, he's a mainstay of this show. His latest smoking causes coughing. I have a synopsis here. After a devastating battle against a diabolical turtle, a team of five Avengers known as the tobacco force, is sent on a mandatory retreat to strengthen their decaying group cohesion. Their sojourn goes wonderfully well until L- L- Lizardon, Emperor of Evil, decides to annihilate Planet Earth. Now, uh, if that sounds ridiculous, uh, you can you can better believe that it is. Uh, you know you're not familiar with Quentin Dupio he is a fan of the absurd and his movies are pretty pretty out there pretty pretty goofy pretty wacky and this one is kind of a play on Power Rangers really it's it's like a it's like a almost a spoof of Power Rangers but with the added like sort of uh frame like framing device that like mandible it's also kind of plays out like mandibles in a way anyway uh we'll start with you kevin what were your initial impressions of smoking causes coughing
1: uh like most dubios i didn't really know that this was a thing until the day before i watched it <laughs> which is really exciting i should just know that by now it seems like every year you at least get you at least get one dupio. Usually two, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. He's and, uh, yeah. Over the last couple of years, he's really been cranking them out. And, and the
0: the weird thing is, like they all they all do eventually get released in the in the United States, but they're always like really low key releases.
1: Mm-hmm. Just really, you know, soft openings, really. And I love it because I always know what I'm getting with Dupio. A, it's going to be short. Sweet mm-hmm. B, it's gonna be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Always entertaining, even when they're not especially that great, yeah. it's still entertaining, you know. And you know going in that you're gonna be you're gonna be done and back back to your day within like an hour and a half tops. Mm-hmm. Usually not even that long. Yeah, it's not the light. Like? And his movies have sunshine in them, which is really nice. You can see stuff going on, so that's cool. Definitely, and Yeah, like, really an absurd
0: he he definitely's been going for this like very bright faded color palette. Uh, I love it. I, I don't I don't know if Rubber had I don't think Rubber had that kind of color palette. But like a lot of his all of his newer movies have that very kind of washed out look.
1: Yeah. And you just it's very warm. Yes. And with this, this movie is like a lot of his other movies where, you know, like you read the synopsis or whatever, seems silly enough, but you also know that it's not going to be that. No. <laughs> and you, there's always that, that element of like, this movie could go anywhere. I have no idea where it could go. And it's like you said, it's, you know, kind of a, a parody of Power Rangers, but it's only that for like the first like five minutes. And then it becomes an anthology film. Yeah. That's, that's
0: the surprise is yeah. that mo- a large portion of this film's runtime is dedicated to people telling stories and us g- just going through these kind of scary stories, which is yeah. kind of a bizarre departure that you don't really expect. And uh, I was just surprised how fucking disgusting it was. Yeah, it's super gory it's uh it's definitely over the top gory, which i I mean I should should have cool. known when the tortoise exploded, yeah, yeah, the tortoise does explode at the beginning, but it's funny because that that's like there's that and then there's like another clip where they like just completely brutalize another monster, but that's like pretty much all all there is for like the power Ranger type stuff. Most of the time they're just on this retreat just telling stories. And then they catch a barracuda and the
1: barracuda tells a story. Yes, of course. Of course the barracuda tells a story.
0: Yeah, it, it's hard to, I mean, so looking at this and comparing it to Dupio's other recent works, I, I would say that this is, it's it's a little messier in that it's just like all over the place. But at the same time, it's just so light and breezy and like you said, it comes and it goes. It's just very fleeting, and I, because of that, it's hard to really fault it for too much because it is just a very entertaining, funny, enjoyable movie. Yeah,
1: like that's that's kind of where I've fallen with his movies now. It seems like is I can't like you said, I can't I can't fault them because they're. they're they're so short, they're, they're breezy, good time. There's so much damn creativity, and I mean, even when they're messy, it's like it's, it's still. I'm not getting, I'm not getting this anywhere else, really. Yeah, it's it's definitely
0: a rare breed these days. I mean, I feel like we used to get a lot more movies like this that were just really out there, taking risks, you know, really nurturing creativity less so now but i yeah i mean i i definitely appreciate it i think that this is very this this one along with you know his other output i think is very funny uh i wasn't like laughing hysterically or anything throughout this but it is <laughs> it's it is definitely the kind of humor that i i like um I don't know. Maybe maybe there were some more like sight gags and stuff in this one, but I still enjoyed the humor of it. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's uh, the Power Rangers going on a, a workshopping retreat and telling scary stories with each other. Yes. But <laughs> like, uh, the, the stories themselves are very good. It's almost as if Dupio had these short stories like floating around in his head. And was like looking for a way to kind of frame them and just figured this this thing out. Like, oh, it'd be funny if, you know, Power Rangers were on like a corporate ret- team building retreat and they're telling these stories because like the stories themselves are they, they don't really have anything to do with the the movie, like the, the general plot of the movie, but they're still like really good on their own. Like the helmet one and mm-hmm. the, the, the wood chipper one, like they're great. They're, they're very bite sized, but also very entertaining.
1: I just, I also love just the worlds that he creates and to help people, react within them like the wood story to be exact <laughs> how the the, the ant is like trying to get like one of the other guys to do the work and he's like absolutely not this is your this is your fault you have to fix it my guys aren't getting involved and it just it kept getting worse and worse and worse and it was really fucking disgusting i don't know what it was about it but when I saw the contents of that bucket before I even saw the contents of the bucket, I was like, please don't, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty gross. And there's something about just the, you know, the, what was it? The chief DDA and his, you know, he's like a rat, I guess. And he's like constantly drooling. Yeah. It's like that green goo just constantly pouring out of his mouth. It's just fucking disgusting. I
0: like that the ro that they're robots. So they have a helper robot that helps them on each mission, and it's programmed to kill itself after the mission is over. And you just they 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 look over, and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with the robot. And they and they pan over, and he's just sitting at the end of a dock, and it just rolls into the dock or into the water, and just never never emerges. I also like how excited they were about the the retreat, like the 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 building that they were staying in, and they're really excited about the titanium beds, which looked like the most awful things ever. And the random, uh, they had, they had a supermarket with like a a live-in full-time attendant.
1: I mean, it's just it's stuff like that. It's just the you know everything, like every aspect of his movies is an opportunity for the creativity. In the sense of like just tweaking it a little bit to make it potentially something that you've never seen before so that's what i mean like it's always exciting going into these because it's like any aspect of this could be just completely absurd and i have no idea where it could go at any moment absolutely like he is not
0: a predictable director that's for sure and i'm sure that we've said these exact words with his with his last movie now where where does this stack up against his uh, I guess his filmography for you?
1: Like is this where 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 would this be? This is like this is a lesser work for me, but I enjoyed it more than the last one, the Incredible but True. Same. Yeah. I I enjoyed this a lot more than that. But for me still keep an eye out in Deer Skin or like the that's the that's the top of the top.
0: Yeah, for me, I, for me, definitely Deerskin, top of the top. I liked Mandibles a lot too. I enjoyed Mandibles and Reality. I was a big fan of those too. I like. I but remember I, liking Reality a lot, but I don't remember. A, like, I, know, major, I kind of feel major like going, chunks of that one.
1: I kind of feel like going back to that one, revisiting. Uh,
0: but I do remember liking it a lot. Yeah, uh, I think that Deerskin is still my favorite of of his so far, but. Man, like, I think he's definitely hit his hit his stride over the years, and his his output oh, yeah. has just been really impressive. Like, he's just cranking them out like like it's nothing.
1: And uh, oh, reality is on Tubi. So, well, if you want to you want to <laughs> catch up with that one? Go ahead and get uh, loaded up on Tubi. It looks like Incredible
0: but True is on the on the Arrow streaming service.
1: Mandibles is on Hulu, and yeah, whole well, fucking weekend. There's your Easter weekend, everybody.
0: Everybody from Mandibles was in this movie, too. Yeah, it seems like he's starting to use like have like regulars now, and a bunch of people. I, I don't know if everybody from not everybody from Keep an Eye Out. Well, maybe a lot close. of people from yeah. Keep an Eye Out were in this one also.
1: God, that movie is just so fucking good. <laughs> Such a ridiculous, yeah. movie. Yeah. All right.
0: So that is smoking causes coughing. It, I would say if you're if you're a fan of of Dupio and absurdist comedies, absolutely check this out. If you're not into absurdist comedies, I don't. I don't know. I I, I still almost think that it would still be fun fun to watch. <laughs> I just, just want to ask why. Why
1: aren't
0: you? Yeah. I I still you think do, it'd be also, fun to
1: watch. Yeah. I also feel like, though, at, at this point in time, unless you're, like, a teenager, you should know whether Dupio's for you or not. Yeah. Unless you're just getting into movies and you haven't seen Dupio yet. But I also feel like if you have been into movies and you haven't watched Dupio yet, it's probably because it just doesn't seem like that would be your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this isn't where you, you would start, obviously. No, no, I think you'd want to start with
0: maybe something a little bit more grounded.
1: But if if you're into Dubio, celebrate because we have another one. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This one is is it's definitely definitely on on par with what you would expect from him. So let's go ahead and give it a score. What are you going to give it out of ten?
1: Give it. I give it a solid seven.
0: I'm also sitting at a seven. I believe that incredible, but true was a, 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 like a six or six or six and a half for me. And I I thought that this one was more engaging and just more fun than incredible, but true. Yes. It, 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 and like in, in some ways, the helmet story in this felt similar to me. And it's it's like they got the same amount done in, like, five minutes, you know? Yes. Like, with Incredible yeah. But True, it's, it's, like, obviously not the exact same, but, like, it's about people who find a mysterious object in their house. And, I don't know, I, I found the helmet one to be just more fun. Yeah.
1: And I just love that it. it took all but, like, one minute of isolated thinking yeah be like i hate everyone <laughs> everybody's just better off dead <laughs> uh
0: all right again that is available now on VOD platforms so uh so check it out there it's also playing in limited release let's talk about some of what i've been watching i believe that it is my turn yeah. this week uh we took a what, one or two weeks off i don't even i don't even know i feel like it's been forever but Lot, I saw a lot of stuff, uh, so I'll try to truncate it down. I'll start with the newest things. Uh, I saw Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. This is uh, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan M. Goldstein. If you're not familiar with them, they they did Game Night. So, interestingly, uh, if you liked Game Night, I think you're going to like Dungeons & Dragons because the, the, the level of comedy is, is on this, it's pretty much there.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I did not know that. This is—I mean, it is very much a comedy. Like it—it it is as much a comedy as it is, as it is like a fantasy movie, uh, and it's very funny. The comedy really works. Um, it doesn't—I like it does a good job. Now, just to be clear, I never played Dungeons and Dragons. Like I'm familiar with some of the the lore. I've played some of like the video games, like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Like I have played some of those in the past. So I'm a little bit familiar with with some of the stuff, but I never actually played D&D. So, but with that being said, I think that they did a good job of taking elements from the game, translating them into a movie, and they did a lot more. Like, they sort of went above and beyond just transplanting, like, character archetypes and monsters and stuff like that they they actually sort of like the way that the movie is structured feels very much like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and there's like so many little like fan servicey things easter eggs stuff like that in here but it's done in a very kind of slick organic way that doesn't detract from the story here. Uh, also, one of the things that I liked about this is that they didn't abandon the comedy in the final act when, you know, the action and the the tension and all of that started to ramp up. They still kept it funny, even during like the big climactic, you know, fight at the end. They just did a lot and- of things right about this. The thing that it's it's such a surprising movie because The trailer was good, but I was still expecting it to be not great. And it really is way better, kind of on every level, than what you would expect or that that this movie has any right being. Like, the camera work and the editing, for instance, is really, really good. Surprisingly good. Like, they use some very stylistic... Camera movements and uh, editing choices to make this like way more kind of stylistic and and artistic than what you would expect from what is essentially a, a big, you know, fun popcorn flick. So, huge surprise for me on this. And I definitely recommend seeing this in the theater if you can. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Had a blast. Absolute blast with this. Incredible. Who would have thought? Yeah, one of the biggest
1: surprises of the year, I would say, for me. Uh, I finally got to see Popstar. Never stop, never stopping. Hell yeah. I've been trying to watch this for years, but it was never <laughs> on streaming. Never. Never on streaming. That's weird. It finally pops up on HBO Max, so... I hit play as fast, like, as soon as I found out. I was like, this is what I'm doing for the day. This is dumb as hell, but that's exactly what I wanted it to be. You know, I want I wanted that really stupid humor, mm-hmm. and I got it. The only thing that I didn't like about it, which is just, like, an aging thing, you know, I'm sure if I saw this in 2016, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but it was, like, kind of annoying, you know, what they do in, like, the interview type, where they're talking to, like, Nas and, like, Mm-hmm. pink and mariah Karen and stuff it's just like no i don't like this this isn't funny that sounds like but it really that, but really that's it but that's really the only thing that i didn't like about it. everything about it is just funny as hell and absolutely stupid as can be i've been uh, watching the
0: mcgruber tv series on on peacock and i i
1: get the same vibes from that yeah, just there's certain times where I just want like the dumbest comedy possible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they deliver. Hell yeah! Uh, so that's Pop
0: Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. I recommend that too. That's it's it's a it's a really fun fun comedy. I saw John Wick Chapter Four. Uh, you know, with the John Wick series, I, I've loved all of them up until up until this point, And I was like, how can they keep doing it? I remember I said this when John wick two was about to come out, like how can they possibly live up to the first one? Well, I'm still saying that even in the fourth entry in the series, this might be the best one of all of them. Uh, it is, it feels the most mature, uh, but the cool thing about John Wick is that it's like an action fan's action movie. It pays homage to so many different eras of action film, so many people. It is... Not only is it a great action movie in and of itself, and sort of cementing itself as one of the best action franchises ever, um, it acts as this really great sort of timeline or or history lesson of action movies like this one features a lot i mean it's 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 non-stop it's it's just like the other ones almost non-stop action uh this one has Donnie Yen in it as like one of the big adversaries uh and this may be Donnie Yen's best role that I've ever seen him in uh not only does he get to show showcase that he still has it as far as the the action chops I mean like he kicks so much ass in this movie he plays a blind swordsman by the way and um he is really funny like his character is so like sarcastic and goofy and he's great in it uh you see um there's a there's a great fight scene between Donnie Yen and uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. And that is like an incredible showdown that I never imagined that I would see. The two of them having just a freaking nuts, like falls out fight. Uh, there's a nunchuck scene in this where <clears throat> y- you, you don't see that too much. But yeah, so, there's a nunchuck action scene. Uh, Scott Atkins is in this one. And plays this uh, very portly, like gangster guy. So there's this. There's a great fight scene with Scott Adkins, um, and there's this one scene uh, that I think I haven't read much about what people are saying about this, but I imagine it's the one scene that everybody is talking about. Where, uh, and this is something that I've said in the past that that someone should do, and that's a top-down action scene. So. And that's exactly what they do in this. So there's a scene where John Wick is fighting through this like sort of dilapidated building and it is all done in a top down perspective. So the camera is floating above John Wick and it's going like through the rooms and, you know, it's like a cutaway thing. And not only is the whole action scene done in a top down perspective, all single take, of course it is, Using uh, guns that have dragon's breath rounds. So if you're not familiar with that type of ammunition, it's it's basically bullets that also shoot fire. So it is maybe one of the best action sequences I've ever seen in a movie. It is outstanding. And the stunt work in this is just... Man, it is on the next level in this movie. So it's it's basically a showcase of an amazing uh, group of performers choreographers uh, cameramen stunt people just working at the top of their game so highly recommend John Wick chapter 4
1: just, just see it oh my god <clears throat> well I caught up with everyone else and watched everything everywhere all at once oh yeah what, won like 47 Oscars?
0: It, yeah, won a lot. I didn't watch the Oscars this year, by the way, but yeah.
1: Something like that. Just a ton of Oscars. I had uh, a good amount of fun with this one. It got a bit tiresome towards the end, especially when the messaging became clearer and clearer. I was just like, be kind to everybody. Everything will be cool. And I I don't know, that just started to irritate me this whole idea of that we just be kind things will be great when that is I've never accomplished anything but i will say that like the first fight sequence in this movie you know with the fanny pack mm. the the excitement was high i got very excited fanny pack fight scene mm-hmm. what what more could you want uh and i thought for the most part i had i found it to be pretty damn fun it just the like the more the deeper that the narrative got i just kind of i started to tune out a little bit the messaging was a little bit weak for me but everything else i I thoroughly enjoyed uh some of it didn't quite make sense to me i don't understand why her girlfriend becky isn't in any of the other timelines that seems weird But all the people that work at the irs building are i don't know if that says something about the relationship and where it's going to end up but i i don't know like i enjoyed it for the most part but i'm also i also failed to see like what the hullabaloo was all about i loved it you know what i mean yeah like i don't know if it was just like because i've watched it so far removed from the the overall discussion you know when everyone was discussing this movie and to watch it so late after the fact, I guess there's always gonna be that bit of uh like inherent letdown, maybe. But I was, you know, at the end of it I was just like, Yeah, it was all right. Nice. Well, yeah, I love I loved it. I think it was my number two movie of the year or something. So This is what this is one of those movies though that like when we we started it, I thought we started it early, right? And then it was like bedtime and I was like, Oh yeah, we'll we'll stop. And I stopped and there was still like an hour and 30 minutes left. And I was really confused. I don't know what happened. I don't <laughs> I understand how it was possible.
0: I saw it in the theater and had a really good time in the theater with it. Uh, I've been continuing my, my deep dive in the Walter Hill. Um, I'm closing in on like full like a full Incredible. filmography watch with him here. So I saw Extreme Prejudice from 1987. This is a action thriller with Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, Michael Ironside, Rip Torn, Clancy Brown. Uh, it's a who's who. And uh, what, you, what you have here is a group of, of army, army guys who are all marked dead. They're all D, DOA. They all, they're all killed in action. But guess what? They're not are They they're forming a like a covert secret group and they have to go up against powers booth mm-hmm. who is this uh, uh, narcotics kingpin smuggling drugs in into the country from Mexico uh, and it's a just badass William Forsyth's in it too. He plays one of the guys one of the army guys. Uh it's badass. I absolutely loved it. Uh it's just it goes all out. It's just full on testosterone fest here. Um Yeah. That that one Extreme Prejudice, maybe not my favorite Walter Hill, but definitely maybe top five. Maybe top five. I think I still liked Southern Comfort more. Uh as far as like the ensemble, like dirty dozen style movies that he's that he does
1: yeah no this just got watch listed
0: oh i mean it's awesome like it's (laughs) walter hill knows how to shoot an action scene by the way like he's like the king of squibs this dude i don't know what he does with his squibs but like when people get shot in his movies it's it looks different than every other movie like somebody gets shot and it's like a like a bucket of blood comes out of him. It's yes. like people just explode when he, when he does action scenes.
1: Mm, I love it. Yeah.
0: Recommend extreme prejudice. It's awesome.
1: Uh, the other thing I watched, well, the last thing I watched is red rocket Sean Baker's from what? Like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think year ago two years ago. Finally got around to seeing this one. And I will echo what I think most people said about this is that Simon Rex is really good in this movie, mm-hmm. like very, very good. This is another movie that I thought was fine. It was okay. Uh, I enjoy the, like the main thing that I enjoy about this movie is like getting to watch a movie that's just about like regular people, just slice like, of life. A certain yeah, like a certain income class that you don't get to see that often that don't seem to be in movies as much as they used to be. So that's always kind of, like, refreshing, just seeing, you know, like, everyday-type people. Mm-hmm. The The only thing that... The, the only knock that I had against this, really, is that early on, I thought I was really into it because it seemed like there was simon rex's character had some like complexity to him he's you know he was he's a bad guy but you know there's there's there seemed like there was something there and then there's a, a certain thing is introduced in the narrative of this movie and you're just like well okay he's not complex at all he's just a fucking yeah yeah and it's like like okay like that kind of worked i like but- it but But it was so long that I'm just like, there's no complexity to this guy at all. He's just a fucking dirtbag. That's the thing. Like, they
0: they make you think that there's an arc that's happening here. That
1: he's getting better. That he's learning. Yeah, but it was very short. It was a very short-lived arc where you're like, oh, okay. And then it was just very quickly, no. And then there was so much movie after that that I was just like, well, I'm not, I don't care about this guy. Like, I don't give a shit about it. And I know all these guys. I don't know. It's just something about it. I still liked it for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I don't know. Between this movie and Florida Project, I did enjoy it more than the Florida Project. Much more. But I don't know. There's always this, like, twinge of, like, exploitation that I can't quite pin down with him. I don't know. Something about Sean Baker just runs, rubs me the wrong way. Something about Sean Baker rubs me the right way. Whoa. Really? I guess that's true.
0: Yeah, I like... I, I'm i really into his stuff. Cool. Uh, that is Red Rocket. And b- by the way, I didn't like Red Rocket as much as Florida Project or Tangerine, for that matter. Uh, all right. I, I, gu- I guess I'll keep the Walter Hill thing going here. I saw a bunch of stuff that I don't really feel the need to get into including hard times from 1975. This is like an earlier uh, one for him. I feel like, I feel like he was like kind of honing his style in this movie. And I think, I think that this movie really starts to show Walter Hill's style. This is a Charles Bronson movie about like uh, this, 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 he's sort of this, uh, this drifter guy very stoic, you know, classic Bronson character. Uh, He, starts to do like these underground uh bare knuckle boxing matches and he teams up with uh, James Coburn who manages him and this is just a but uh, it's, it's a pretty light you know good uh dra i guess action drama um so Eh, that one that one's a, I would say like a like a light recommend another light recommend that I would give with with Walter Hill is The Long Riders which is a western about uh the Jesse James and his gang. The interesting thing about this one is that it stars David Carradine, Keith Carradine, Robert Carradine, James Keach, Stacy Keach, Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid and Christopher Guest and Nicholas Guest. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's actors and their siblings. <laughs> so, like, all of the people in the gang were like brothers in real life and brothers in the gang. So that's kind of fun. Uh, but you know, uh, it's a it's a good it's a good western. It feels a little bit too kind of generic for me. Uh, I'm not super into Westerns to begin with. And for a Western to really kind of grab me, it's got to be something, something unique. And this, unfortunately, while it's good, like the acting is good, the performance, like performances, the, the action sequences are exactly what you would expect with a Western, you know, like they're not. They're not doing anything too crazy here, so I guess I would say that that one is just pretty average. I saw Brewster's Millions, which I never saw before. What? Yeah, I never saw Brewster's Millions any any version. You know, there's like 25 versions of Brewster's Millions, but I knew I knew all about it. I'm pretty sure I've seen like parts of it, but I don't think I ever saw it the whole way through. I mean, I knew the the the, the concept of it. Uh, which is great, by the way. Like the the just the the premise of Brewster's Millions is fantastic. I thought that this was okay. Um, it was a little bit too chaotic for my taste. Like it just never stopped. It was always going at like a hundred miles an hour, and I felt like there was just no reprieve. And Pryor, while great in this, was like I don't know. May, may, he he was just. Going full on in this movie,
1: yeah, it's a lot of cocaine. Yeah,
0: I think that this movie was a hundred percent cocaine fueled. Him and Candy, yeah. I mean, it was just it was nuts. Uh, and I saw Forty Eight Hours, which I don't think I ever saw Forty Eight Hours before. Um, but that's a great buddy cop movie. Uh, oh
1: man, I, I, used to fucking love this movie.
0: Yeah, it's great. It it it's really great. Eddie, and I think like this is you know peak Eddie Murphy here 82 I think that's isn't that when uh, or maybe it was 83 when um, uh, fucking
1: raw, raw came, yeah. Out? Yeah. Yeah, came out
0: yeah 87 oh wow 87 what the movie did I wonder huh delirious that's what I was thinking of I was thinking of delirious anyway um yeah 48 hours is great classic buddy cop i also saw red heat which is another buddy cop movie with arnold schwarzenegger and jim belushi and arnold arnold plays this uh kgb operative and he has to team up to to bring down this like russian mobster that one's pretty good too so i'm absolutely loving this this walter hill deep dive i'm almost done which is kind of sad but I got like I
1: you, can't, you can't have that much left
0: No I have like maybe three more that, that are on my list I have Undisputed from 2002 With Wesley Snipes I have Trespass from 1992 With Ice-T And I think Ice-C- Ice Cube is in that too And then I have Johnny Handsome from 1989 Which is with Mickey Rourke Wow <laughs> So We'll see how that see how all those go but yeah those will be my final three now it's still there'll still be a couple things like supernova and crossroads and a couple westerns in there that i'm just really not interested in and also i i don't know if i'm going to watch some of his new new movies like he has uh he did the assignment that came out in 2016 with michelle rodriguez
1: I did hear that 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 newer Western that came out just like a couple years ago was supposed to be pretty good.
0: Dead for a dollar?
1: Yeah, I heard good things about that.
0: That's the one with Christoph Waltz. That just came out like last year. Yeah, I don't know. I might watch. I'm just really not in a Western mood.
1: Yeah, you gotta be.
0: You gotta be in that zone, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get in the Western zone, but... After the long riders, I'm just like yeah, I'm, I'm kind of done with the western stuff for now. Anyway, uh, I'll follow up next week and let you know how that how that all turns out. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Got a couple got a couple notable ones. Air is uh, first up. That comes out April fifth. This is the uh, Air Jordans
1: one with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. No, no, <laughs> no. Mm. I'm, I don't like this new trend. Like, instead of having biopics, it's like products. Pi- <laughs> yeah, it's biopics of brands. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. There's a BlackBerry. Well,
0: you you saw the yep. BlackBerry one coming out too. But that's that's Matt Johnson. So we're not gonna we're not gonna talk shit on that.
1: But I just I don't I don't like where we're headed.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. And they all kind of feel the same too. Like. Obviously, I haven't seen Air or Blackberry, but they all just have kind of the same vibe to them as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Uh, we also have the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I'm actually pretty excited about. This I think this looks pretty fun. I hope so. I, th- I think this will be pretty good. It looks. It looks. It looks pretty good. Uh, that's also going to be coming out on the fifth, and then on the seventh we have Paint. Which is the Owen Wilson comedy where he plays like a like a Bob Ross type type of person. It's not directly like he's not playing Bob Ross, but it's very clearly it's supposed to be like Bob Ross Carl Nargle Carl Narkel <laughs> that is an amazing name, oh my God
1: this I'll... is the first that I'm learning about this and I want to see it. Right yeah, yeah, I want to
0: see this too. I'll, I'll definitely uh, check this out when it hits VOD. I imagine this is going to be a pretty quick VOD turnaround. And I think that's in limited release. Uh, we also have One True Loves. So that's an limited release. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I uh, think that's probably a limited release as well. On VOD this week, starting with April 4th, we have Colorblind. We got Living with Chucky, which is a child's play documentary. Then on the seventh, we have Blood Covered Chocolate. I think it's a vampire, vampire movie. We got mm-hmm. One Day as a Lion. We got Balloon Animal. On Netflix, we got Chupa. Also on Netflix, we have Oh Belinda. We got El Hoob. And then on Amazon Prime, we have On a Wing and a Prayer, Oh starring Dennis Quaid. Oh,
1: man. Wow.
0: I guess that's like a faith-based thing, which is kind of weird that Amazon would be putting out something that is...
1: Oh, no. The pilot dies unexpectedly. Mid-flight. Oh. Doug White has got to fly in a plane save his entire family. Oof. How about that? Dennis Quaid is Doug White saving his family. Doug White.
0: Not not a not as good as Carl Nargle, that's for sure. <laughs> not even close. On Blu-ray this week, we got Cool Hand Luke from nineteen sixty seven coming out on four K. I love Cool Hand Luke, man. What a what an amazing movie that is. Midnight Run from nineteen eighty eight coming out in four K, that's a Shout Factory release. Got a bunch of Star Trek stuff coming out, including First Contact and Nemesis and Generations and Insurrection. All kinds of Star Trek stuff coming out. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Confess Fletch. That's the, the new Fletch that came out last year. That's pretty good. I liked that one. Envy from 2004 with Ben Stiller and Jack Black. And that's pretty much it. Is it a holiday a weekend? It's, a ho- it's Easter, right? Easter. Yeah, that's why there's like nothing coming out. Easter. I, I assume that there's no... Are there criterions? There are no criterions.
1: I can't get over envy getting a... <laughs> envy. <laughs> we are all about this movie.
0: Yeah, I never saw it. Well, I don't think I saw it. I might have seen parts of it on TV... But I I always remember seeing the cover at the video store and being like, what the hell is that movie? Because I think it was one of those movies that was, like, made way, way, way before it actually came out. And, like, it it, uh, just had, like, a very quiet kind of straight-to-video release.
1: Yeah, I mean, this movie is... I don't know if I've seen the entire thing because it was that bad. Yeah, I think I did see parts of it on TV. atrocious movie.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that's going to be it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast and filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter, at filmpulse.net, and at filmpulse.kevin. If you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.